respect up on the street Under the sun, the best the sun will pop the clock To feed themselves and family By any means, your enemies, my enemies We wet them up like a canteen The yellow tanks around the face Don't have a face, so now you like all right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. You know what time it is. That's right. It's another edition of the Fan in the Van podcast time. Oof, God. Oh, what a week it's been so far in the sports world. Uh, we'll just jump right into it. Obviously, we got the Jets drama. Uh, they announced Mike White's been cleared. And Mike White's going to start against the Seahawks, I believe, they're playing this weekend. Or is it the Dolphins? I don't know. Who really even cares? Mike White starting Zach Wilson's inactive, and pretty much it's Zach Wilson's time in New York is done. Um, you know, the, the rumors with the messages between some Jet fan and Zach Wilson's mom, apparently now Zach Wilson's mom saying that it's fake, and probably because she looks bad in what she's saying, but she's not totally, she's not totally uh, lying when it comes to you know, the New York fan base, it can be toxic. I'm not going to lie. I live in New York, and there's people that are just toxic as it gets. But I seen something interesting the other day, and I'm sure Jets fans will get upset about it, but it was comparing Zach Wilson's first 22 starts to Jamarcus Russell's first 22 starts in the NFL. And we both know Jamarcus Russell you know, from the then Oakland Raiders, who um, was one of the biggest busts at quarterback. Guy friggin' watched a blank tape of, of film study and said that he loved all the plays he saw. So, um, you know, they did it pretty much by pa- passing yards, TDs, interceptions, completion percentage, and then the passer rating. They're pretty much tied in the passer rating position. Completion percentage, Zach's better at 55 to Zach, uh, to. Jamarcus is 53%. Interception, Zach Wilson's up by three, 18 to 15. Touchdowns, Jamarcus has got him by one, you know, 16 to 15. And then passing yards, 4,000 for Zach Wilson so far and 3,500 for Jamarcus Russell. Now, can you really say that Zach Wilson's a bust? Right now, he looks like it. But then you got people clamoring about you know, Baker Mayfield and how look at him now, you know, look at him now with a good head coach and a good game plan, you know, with, you know, with the Rams and maybe something like that for Zach Wilson could maybe turn his career around, you know, because at this point, what is left for Zach Wilson if he doesn't improve? He'll just be in the XFL or in some that fan control league like Johnny Manziel's in, and his career will pretty much be done. And, you know, when it comes to the switching of quarterbacks, you know, everybody's agreed that there's just some with Mike White where the, where, where the offensive scheme just snaps into place and, you know, the ball moves more fluidly and, you know, they play with more heart and there's just more, like, giddy-up, you, know, you know, in their style of play. And I've watched when Mike White's played, and the kid goes out there, and he puts it all on the line. So I think the Jets are moving in the right direction if they move away from, from Zach Wilson. You know, the question's going to remain, you know, who do they go and get? You know, do they go and maybe, does Aaron Rodgers come to New York? Do they maybe go and sign Garoppolo? You know, 
I just read that, you know, the Vegas Raiders might actually bench Derek Carr at this point and start whoever the backups are. And, you know, and the same thing with Vegas. They got a decision to make. If I think if they make the decision to release him by a certain point, they save $5 million against the cap. And, you know, with the, with the Vegas Raiders... It's always it's always kind of shocked me because they've either had talent on one side of the ball or the other side of the ball and can never just put it together. Now, this year, the question is, is it really Derek Carr's fault? Yeah, for throwing, what is it, like almost 20 interceptions this year? And, or is it Josh McDaniel's fault because he's really not, that great of an NFL coach as we've seen with the Denver Broncos. And we'll get into the Broncos in a second. So, to me, it goes hand in hand. I mean, yeah, they spent the money to trade for Devontae Adams and then get him and then give him the extension. They went and got Chandler Jones, who he's done for the year. You know, they went and they got these pieces to be a win-now team. But you didn't get the right coach. And the Raiders put themselves in a financial situation, kind of like the Broncos, where... You don't have the money to get rid of the coach. But in Denver, they did, They do have the money to get rid of the coach. They don't have the money to get rid of the quarterback. Because, you know, obviously in Denver, Hackett was fired. They asked him what was, you know, what were the issues. He said, how the fuck do I coach a guy who's got more bathrooms than TDs in his house? <laughs> you can't make it up. But the question is, if you're a Broncos fan, can Russell Wilson be fixed? He can be. He most certainly can be. I mean, the guy's a veteran. He was great in Seattle. I mean, he had his down games in Seattle. But at the end of the day, will will Russell Wilson have a bounce back year next year? Yeah. If you put the right coach in there and now, you know, all signs are pointing to, you know, it could be Sean Payton. Can Denver lord Jim Harbaugh out of Michigan? You know, but Denver's got a lot of work to do on both sides of the ball. You got to get, you got to get, you got to get weapons to complement Wilson. I mean, Jerry Judy is good. He could be a lot better, you know, but again, on the Denver side of it, we're going to have to wait and see, you know, what they do. But the big news, and I was actually shocked to hear this because I knew that he was going to become a free agent and I figured, all right, maybe it would finally happen. The Watt brothers would all finally play together. Uh, But J.J. decided to retire. And, you know, the question, obviously, it's not a matter of question. It's, you know, obviously everybody's always asked, who's going to have the better career, T.J. or J.J.? And I've always stood by T.J. having the better career, even if he doesn't have all the awards that, that J.J. has. Just based on statistics alone, I think T.J. would have the better career. Um, but we'll have to see where TJ is when he gets to the point of where JJ was. And when you look at that draft, when JJ got drafted, right? And this is when Cam Newton went one and Von Miller went two. And, you know, Cincinnati took AJ Green and the Cardinals took Patrick Peterson and Julio Jones. You know, Julio Jones was next to the Falcons and Alden Smith. And then you get to the Jaguars, who had the 10th pick. Okay, right before Houston. 
And you're looking at this and you go, they took Blaine Gabbert. Really? Blaine friggin' Gabbert. I don't think that guy started a game in how many years? He, I think he's been relegated now on Tampa's sideline to being Tom Brady's fucking jock washer. I, I don't know. But, I mean, the fact that, and you could take injuries into account with J.J., but you know what? The guy was an absolute beast on the field when he played. Monday, was it? Yeah, Monday night, he had a hell of a game. <coughs> and, you know, it, there was a funny thing that I had read where, um, you know, Tomlin's like, oh, it's a shame he's retired. We were ready to throw $40 million at him or whatever it was. Uh, and we could, you know, we were going to get the Watt brothers all to play together, you know, just in the event if TJ needed some organs, we could take them from JJ. I mean, ah, uh, man, but you know, I think JJ's career could have been a little bit better had he had not been hampered by so many injuries at times. But the fact that he played with so many of them at one point, it's just, it's just astounding. And speaking of injuries, we we have to get into this because the NFL is such a fucking joke. Okay. Obviously, when I did Monday's episode, we were talking about Tua Tonga Viola. All right. And how everybody thought he played the second half with a concussion. What happens a few hours after I upload the latest episode? Tua Tonga Viola reports symptoms of a concussion. You can't make this up. And, you know, the NFL put these other provisions in place, and they're not following them, obviously, up until Monday night they finally did. <coughs> we'll get into that in a second. So, Tua Tonga Viola reports that, you know, he's got concussion-like symptoms, you know, which puts the game in jeopardy against New England this weekend. And it leads you to wonder this. Now, when you look at Luke Keekley, who played for the Carolina Panthers, and he retired at 28 because he had three concussions in a matter of, like, whatever span it was. And he's like, I can't do this no more. At the rate Tua Tonga Viola is going, like I said Monday, he's going to be a friggin' vegetable. And at this point, if I'm the Dolphins and I'm, and I'm the coach there, Mike McDaniels, I understand you were 8-3, and three, you lost four in a row. But at this point, I put Tua Tonga Viola's health and safety over winning a football game. And the NFL is is partly to blame in this. I mean, you have this you have this neurologist guy who's sitting in a booth where why didn't he why didn't he flag why didn't he buzz down and say, hey, listen, you know, didn't you see his head bounce off the turf more times than you know John Morant double dribbles? Come on, you know, you look at Monday's game that hit that. Oh, I forget the guy's name from, from Indy where Derwin James claimed he went shoulder to helmet. And you could see in the replay, he clearly led with the crown and the helmet, and they both wound up getting concussed in this. You know, and Troy Aikman made a valid point, if anybody who watched that garbage game Monday night. And Troy Aikman made a valid point that you got to put part of that on the quarterback. He's got to make a safer throw and lead the wide receiver into a less dangerous situation. Now, a lot of times it doesn't happen. You know, you're under pressure and you just got to make a judgment throw and, you know, and you just wing it. And sometimes this is just, you know, the consequences of that pass. You know, you can't put that on 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 Nick Foles, you know, blaming him for a guy getting concussed. But 
you know, these quarterbacks got to do a better job of leading their receivers to a clearer path. It's just clear and obvious. But, you know, and then for Brad Staley to come out and say, you know, that it wasn't a dirty hit and it, was, it wasn't this, it wasn't that. I don't know what game he was watching, but it clearly was. I'm not going to say he purposely did it. And maybe he was trying to go helmet to shoulder or helmet to the chest. And it was just one of those, you know, wrong place, wrong move, wrong time, whatever you want to call it. And the NFL has got to take a look at this in the offseason like they do with everything else that they're having issues. You know, with the officiating and with this and with that. You know, and they got to do something. You know, they, they talk about... Wanting to have this game be safer for the players, you know, not only for now, but for the future players of the, of of who might be in the NFL. And for when you see things like that, you know, it's one of those, you know, a it happens. Should it have happened? No, but you know, listen, it, it happened, and you know, the fact that Darwin James isn't being suspended for it, I guess they felt that he wasn't trying to do bodily harm. So, whatever that is, but. <laughs> doing bodily harm, that's Mac Jones's business. Because people sitting there, Mac Jones isn't a dirty player. Okay, there's plenty of footage to show you that he is dirty. And finally, he's being punished for it. It's only a $11,000 fine. But if you saw his little, you know, I would call it a little, like, chop block or whatever that he had on Eli Apple uh, in, uh, what was it, Sunday's game they played? Yeah, I think it was Sunday. Sunday, Saturday, who knows. Um... But yeah, there's been time and time again where he's had dirty plays that have been called into question and the league has done nothing till now. So, is Mac Jones a dirty player? Yeah. And it was funny that, you know, I, I shouldn't say that it was funny, but people were comparing Derwin James to, to Vontez Perfect. And we all know Perfect purposely has taken certain people out. I mean, he did it to Antonio Brown, what, not once, but twice. And... You know, I don't think this era of players are trying to go out there and take each other out. You know, I, I again, I think the Derwin James one was just, he was trying to line himself up one way. The receiver put his helmet down too. And it was just, you know, it was one of those bang, bang situations. And, and hey, it happened, you know. But again, to Troy Aikman's point and, and the statement he made, quarterbacks do have to do a better job of leading a clear path for the wide receiver. It's not always going to happen, but when you have enough protection in the pocket, it can happen. Now, obviously, we got to get into baseball. Obviously, you know, more free agents come off the board. Nathan Avaldi goes to Texas. You know, Texas is building this winning culture down there. Don't worry, because by July, they'll be like 13, 14, 15, maybe even 20 games out of first and they'll just be trading everybody off. But we got to get into the Carlos Correa situation. Obviously, we know what happened. He was originally going to go to the Giants. They were worried about pre-existing injuries, you know, from before he was in Major League Baseball and up until currently. Now, the Mets are having the same issue. Now, they're trying to work around it somehow, but Correa pretty much does not want to restructure his deal. And people are asking, well, what does it mean? Well, technically, right now, if you look at it, because the contract's not signed, three other teams have reached out to Correa, and I don't know who the three teams are yet. I haven't really looked, but I'll be honest. 
if I'm the Mets, if he don't restructure the deal because of this, I say adios. And I was reading on Twitter yesterday, Mets fans, you know, if you don't get this Correa deal done, the Mets failed in the offseason. I don't see how. I mean, they brought back Adam Adovino, and now and he was a fan favorite amongst a lot of play amongst a lot of the fan base for the Mets, like he was when he was with the Yankees. I mean, you went and got Justin Verlander. I mean, the offseason is not a complete loss. I mean, all the moves they've made and people they signed and the money spent is not a total loss if you don't get Correa. To me, it's not anyway. But, you know, I'm not a Met fan, so, you know, it's... But to me, it's not a total loss. It's not. It, it possibly it possibly can't be. But, I mean, yeah, you lost the Grom, but you know what, though? If they paid the Grom and then he was constantly hurt... Here's what would have happened. We paid him all this money, and he's always hurt. So let it be Texas's problem. You know, if he's healthy in Texas for the, for the for the duration of that contract, but he's subpar at best, it's still a win-win for the Mets. Um, you know, but it's not a total loss. But you know, and in the Correa situation. Like, yeah, I, you know, I mentioned Monday how people say, well, the Twins had no issue with it. Well, yeah, because the Twins just want to fill seats. That's all it is. They got that new stadium, Target Field, that they that they're still paying for, and they got to fill the seats in order to pay for it. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but, you know, listen. It's just, it, it's one of those with the Mets... No matter what they do, the fan base ain't never going to be fully happy about it. You know, it's the same thing with the Yankees. You know, the Yankees have a chance to go and get Brian Reynolds. Now, if you look at Pittsburgh, ready? Pittsburgh's gone out and spent, what, like $20 million so far? They went and signed Rich Hill to an $8 million deal for the year. But yet they wanted to nickel and dime Brian Reynolds. Now, if the Yankees don't get a left fielder, is it a, is you know in my opinion the offseason's not a total loss because you kept your big name that you needed in Aaron Judge he didn't go nowhere else you brought in a big name as a pitcher in Carlos Rodon so you know you brought back some bullpen help in Tommy Kaline uh, so you know to me it's not a total loss but could it have been a better offseason yeah it most certainly could have been when you could have went and got. You know, you could have went and traded Hicks and Donaldson and IKF and brought in other pieces. You know, you could have signed Trey Turner and it just outright, outright released IKF after giving him his one-year $6 million deal. But, you know, the Yankees are trying to go in a different direction and they don't want to spend like Steve Cohen's spending. And, you know, I was discussing it with some people the other day and and they're like, you know, it's not fair. You know, that Steve Cohen spends all this money, you know, and and some of them were Yankees fans. I'm like, listen, I'm like, you can't bitch about Steve Cohen spending because George Steinbrenner did it for years. I said, so Steve Cohen's just merely doing what he's seen done in the past. And I I don't blame Steve Cohen at all for investing in the team. That's what an owner does. That's what an owner who wants to see his team succeed do. Not like the owner in, in Pittsburgh or the owner of the Tampa Bay Rays or the Miami Marlins, you know, who just 
All they want is just the revenue, but they don't want to put back into the team. And I was discussing how they wanted to make a flat cap. And, you know, so we were discussing it. And people like it would never work. Yeah, with these group of players, it wouldn't work. But when guys like Trout and Judge and all the guys getting the big contracts now are finally gone, I think the owners would win a CBA agreement where it would go down to a flat cap. And I think it's something you need to do to make baseball on a more fair playing field. But the issue with that is teams like the Rays, the Marlins, and the Pirates still wouldn't spend. So will baseball ever be on a fair level playing field as far as all the teams combined? No, it's not going to be. And I don't think it'll ever be. And I don't think there'll ever be a flat cap. And I just think they'll just leave things the way they are because that's just what they're going to do. But, you know, what it's, you know, it, 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 this is just what has happened with baseball where, you know, the NBA's got a decent salary cap. You know, the NFL's isn't too bad. The NHL's is just, I honestly think the NHL guys get paid less than what they should be getting paid. Uh, but, you know, hey, the owners and the players agreed upon it that literally you could be hurt for three years straight and you're still getting paid. So, hey, if you were... <laughs> You know, if you're if you're somebody who listens and you got a kid that's playing football, put him in baseball because <laughs> you'll make a lot more money there than you will in the NFL. That's for sure. But with that being said, I got to take care of some stuff here at work. Otherwise, I'd be on a little longer. But as always, I want to thank everybody who follows, retweets, listens. Uh, obviously, my guys at 1420 Sports, Brent and Dave. Um you know, definitely check out Aaron at Brutally Honest Sports Podcast, Level of Playing Field Sports Podcast, another one you guys should be checking out, uh, Nate's Daily Wagers, Average Joe Sports Podcast, Sports Bliss with Robin Bliss, definitely check them out, uh, BSing Sports Podcast, another good one everybody should be listening to. If you're into pro wrestling, check out John Wrestling Fans Insight and Bray White Fan 24's Wrestling Podcast. Those are some, uh, two good ones that are out there as well. Uh, obviously to everybody else who follows and retweets is always, you know, we always appreciate it. Um, there won't be one this Friday, uh, but there'll probably be one this coming Monday or Tuesday. I'll start the new year off with a, with a, you know, we'll go over playoff situations and whatever else I would do it today, but I don't, obviously we got to wait till week 17 is done to go over everything. So, uh, with that being said, stay safe and as always, peace.